Today we continue our series of catechetical instruction, proceeding with the sixth chief part on the sacraments of the altar. Luther's catechisms have uh, enduring value, not only because of their content, but also because of the way that content is conveyed. Luther's catechisms not only say what needs to be said, but they say it clearly, and they say it in a way that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you can get at this, of course, in, in many and various ways, but uh, one way of doing it is just by imagining Luther come today. Imagine Luther trying to do catechesis. Good morning, children. We're going to talk about the sacrament of the altar. What's that? It's Christ's body and blood. What do you do with that? What do you think? You eat it. Eat it? Are you really eating Christ's body and blood? Or is this one of those things like the two kinds of righteousness? You really eat it. How do you know? Jesus said so. All right, all right. That says more about me and my experience than it does, of course, about Luther and his experience But in thinking about that, you can see that Luther's catechism has enduring value, not only because of the things it says, but the way they say it. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, under the bread and wine. For us Christians to eat and to drink, instituted by Christ himself. Where is it written? How do you know? The holy evangelist Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul the Apostle write thus, Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Luther's catechisms have enduring value, not only because they tell us the truth, but because they tell us the truth in a way that is helpful, helpful to receive and helpful to use. Because you can see in the way that Luther handled these things that he did not come across these things, he did not put these things out willy-nilly, and they didn't simply work. They helped him, and they helped the people that he was teaching, and he helped other pastors, he helped other parents, he helped the people of God to sort out questions like, well, is it really Christ's body and blood? What about the bread and wine? What about faith? What about worthiness? So let's look at what Luther has to say about the sacrament of the altar. The first thing to note is that it is organized around three basic questions. What is it? What is it for? Whom is it for? Well, what is it? Of course, Christ, body, and blood. But if you say that, it's Christ, body, and blood, then a couple of other questions immediately come up. What do you do with it? And are you sure? Yeah, it's given to eat and to drink. Christ gave his body once upon a time to redeem us from sin, death, and the devil. Christ poured out his blood once upon a time to atone for our sins. And Christ now gives his body and 
pours out his blood for us to eat and for us to drink. That's what he did, and that's what he said. And when you have that kind of thing in mind, then it's easy to answer other kinds of questions, like, well, what about the person who actually doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, does not regard himself as a sinner, thinks the whole thing is kind of funny? Are they eating Christ's body? Are they drinking his blood? Yes, they are. It's Christ's body and blood, not because of faith, but because of Christ. It's so not because you say so or I say so, but because Jesus said so. So faith, unbelief, in both cases, the sacrament is the sacrament. It is Christ's body. It is his blood. Or, what happens if you don't eat it? What happens if you don't drink it? If it's Christ's body and blood, it could be good for something. Maybe we should take it home. Maybe I should wear it around my neck. Maybe I should put it in my car. Well, what did Christ say to do with it? Take, eat, drink of it, all of you. That's what you're supposed to do with it. If you don't, it's like playing with your food. It's like doing construction at the dinner table. You can do it, but I won't want to mess with your mother. (laughs) No. Questions like that easily get answered. So that's what it is. It is Christ's body and blood for us to eat and to drink. But the next question is, of course, so what? What's it for? Is it just one of those things that Christ wants us to do? Is he just testing our faith? What is it for? What's the point? What's its purpose? And very simply, it is to convey to you forgiveness of sins. It is to assure you of eternal life. It is to promise you that you will be saved. That is shown us by these words, given and shed for you for the remission of sins. Namely, that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life and salvation are given us through these words. And if you have that in mind, then it's easy to answer questions. Like, all right, it's Christ's body and Christ's blood, and you eat it and you drink it. Is that all there is to it? Well, yes and no. It's not, you might say, like eating broccoli. Broccoli has antioxidants. It's supposed to be good for you. It's not like eating brown rice. It has fiber. That's good for you. Whether you know it or not, if you eat your broccoli, whether you like it or not, if you eat your brown rice, you're doing something good for you. Now, if you're eating Christ's body and drinking his blood, but you don't know what it's for, is he doing you any good? In this case, no. Yes, it is Christ's body, and yes, it is, it, is, it is his blood, but it's not the spiritual equivalent of broccoli or brown rice. No. Got to listen to the words. Given and shed for you for the remission of sins. Certainly, the benefit is offered to all who eat and to drink. But those who know what it's for, who hear the word of God and keep it, who hear the promise of Christ and believe it, 
They are the ones who are getting it. Getting it not only in the mouth, but getting it for their faith. And so, that is what it's for. Not to fill your stomach, but for your heart, for your soul, for your faith, for your life. All right. So, if this is what it is, Christ's body and blood, to eat and to drink, and this is what it's for, forgiveness, life, and salvation, then whom is it for? After all, it is such a great thing. The body and blood of the Son of God. And it gives such great things. Forgiveness, life, and salvation. Who is worthy of it? He is truly worthy and well prepared who has faith in these words given and shed for you for the remission of sins. So, it's easy to answer questions like, what do you mean by worthiness? Worthiness is not a matter of right, it's a matter of repentance. For a lot of things, to be worthy of something, like an A in Lutheran mind, like uh, an advancement to the next year, like passing vicarage or receiving a call, those things are a matter of achieving something, of being in the right to some extent. It's not that way, however, with Christ's body and Christ's blood. If it were, then no one could be worthy of it. After all, this is Christ's body and Christ's blood. And it is for forgiveness, life, and salvation. No one. That's, those are no, no things for anybody by right. But true worthiness is not a matter of right. It's a matter of repentance. Those who are worthy are those who, you might say, know that they are not and cannot be and never will be worthy. It can never be theirs by right. It will never be theirs if it's up to themselves. And that's true worthiness. To know that it is not for me. To know that it is only mine because Christ says so. To know that it is mine only because and definitely because Christ has come and placed into my mouth, into your mouth, his body and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins, for the hope of everlasting life, for the assurance of eternal salvation. So, that's what the sacrament of the altar is. What it is, what it is for, and whom it is for. It's for you. May you always eat and drink in repentance and true faith to the forgiveness of your sins and life eternal with God.